welcome back to another episode of the Rare Disorder podcast of my Meet an Expert series. Today, I have a guest with me on the podcast, Parvati Krishnan. Ms. Krishnan is a leader at Global Genes, a leading patient advocacy organization working to eliminate the challenges of rare disease, and also has extensive experience in the rare disease community. Ms. Krishnan, I'm so excited to have you on my podcast today. Just to get started, and so my listeners can get to know you a bit, could you please give a brief introduction of yourself? Hello, everyone. Thank you, Shivani, for including me in this podcast. Um, it's such a pleasure. My name is Parvati. Um, I am the Foundation Alliance Manager at Global Genius, uh, but my number one job and the best job in the world is uh, being a mom to two of my kids, um, Yash and Ira. They both have rare and ultra-rare diseases, and um, that's what really changed life and changed everything that I did from the core and uh, made me who I am today. So that's the long and short of of who I am. Mm -hmm. All right. So I know that you have extensive background and also experience in the rare disease community. So I was wondering, like, what initially got you immersed into this community? Like, this could be like a connection, a story, or anything along those lines. Yeah, um, I've always uh, loved being in the clinical field, being in a hospital, you know, maybe wanted to be a doctor at one point in my life, ended up being a dietitian, which I love, uh, love clinically trained for that. And um, what seems like another life as of today, I used to work at Duke University Medical Center as a clinical dietitian. I did critical care, uh, bone marrow transplant. So I always had that clinical connection and interest in medicine and wanting to be there, do things for people, and, and help in any way that I could. Um, then as my children got diagnosed, they were, you know, my son was born very healthy, um, that we knew of, we didn't know he had a rare disease, and as life went on, um, we found out he had this ultra-rare disease, um, and it was at the same time that he was diagnosed that my um, daughter was born, and she was born with the rare disease, and so um, the the past seven years of our life has been more of a roller coaster journey where it's been like it feels like we're coming to a stop, but really it's just another bump uh, and, a, and another loop in our journey of never-ending roller coaster rides. So that that's what started my passion. I've always loved the clinical and medical side of things. Um, and then when it hit home, and it hit very close to our home, and we had two kids that we then had to take care of and make decisions for and run a mini hospital at home. Um, Instead of saying, oh, my God, why us? We just said, okay, it is us. What do we do about it? Mm -hmm. So if you feel, like, comfortable sharing, could you talk a little bit about, like, what rare disease um, that your children have and, like, um, just, like, a brief description of what it is? Absolutely. Combined, my children have quite a few rare diseases, but the one that strikes out the most for my um, son is, called constitutional or biallelic mismatch repair deficiency, depending on which part of the world you are in. So it's called CMMRD or BMMRD, but it is basically an ultra-rare disease. Um, There are two copies of his gene mutation. His particular gene that's affected is FCAM, and and he has an alteration in those two genes, so he got a defective gene from me and my husband. Um, And what this basically does is our body has naturally... Um, has the natural ability to have checkers that each time our cells regenerate and new cells are produced, we have abnormal cells that we just normally produce, and our body has the ability to 
eliminate those abnormal cells. So in the condition that my son has, the body does not recognize those abnormal cells. And so usually those abnormal cells can become cancer if they continue to grow in your body. And so because his body lacks the ability to recognize those, he is at risk for multiple cancers um, all, all over his body um, throughout his life. And so that's the condition he has. It's called CMMRD. My daughter was born with a condition called Bardet-Beetle syndrome. Uh, she was born with extra toes and fingers, and we thought it was absolutely so cute. We didn't know it had anything to do with the rare disease, but as she grow, grew um, around when she was six months old, we learned that she had this condition. Um, it is usually associated with progressive blindness, um, obesity, uh, and developmental delays. So that was, that was our introduction to a different kind of rare disease, where neurologically she was different. She required PTOT therapy, all sorts of therapies. My son is very neurotypical, um, and, and his, his disease manifests as cancer. Our daughter's disease manifested as more development, uh, developmental delays and um, progressive blindness through her life. Um, she also was diagnosed with a condition called Opsoclonus myoclonus syndrome, where it affects her central nervous system. Uh, you can either have tumors, neuroendocrine tumors, or you can have an have it because of an autoimmune condition. Uh, she had that because of an autoimmune condition. When she was two and a half, that's when my son was diagnosed with CMMRD, and they also tested her, and she also ended up having CMMRD. So um, as of today, there's only two kids in the world diagnosed with homozygous FCAM mutation CMMRD, and that's both our children. All right, so like, um, given this, I know that you and your family do lots to raise awareness for rare diseases through like your family foundation and other initiatives. Um, so could you like talk about some of the initiatives or like volunteer work that your family takes part in to either raise yeah. awareness or just in the rare disease space? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, we we do have our in the works of our foundation, but most of ours, our, our goals are very clear. We want to raise awareness until it happened to us, until our kids were diagnosed. We did not know what rare diseases were. Uh, from a family perspective, we did not know what living with rare disease was. So I did work in the clinical field, but it was always, help, always helping someone else, learning about what they had, never about how are we going to care for someone. And so um, one of our goals has always been to give back to the community, not just through um, spreading awareness, like getting on these podcasts or, or, or doing promotional material, but also um, working with doctors, physicians, nurses, um, all of the staff at the hospitals that where our children are being cared for. So one of the hallmark things that we found out when we got the diagnosis and we went through life was there were not a lot of people from the South Asian community um, who were coming out and sharing about life in a hospital or sharing about um, having a child with a rare disease or having a medically complex child. Uh, I will say through my seven years, I have now come across many of those advocates who are equally vocal like us, but uh, it's not something as prominent. And so we strongly felt that for our children and for us as a family, um, it's extremely important to share that we exist but that this could happen to anyone mm -hmm. and that genetic testing, you know, getting services, getting care and supporting hospitals, supporting patients in the hospitals are super important. So one of the ways we started working on this was doing a Diwali toy drive. And so uh, UNC Children's Hospital has been amazing to our family and they've cared for both our children and kept them alive. 
for as long as they have been. Um, and so we, we, we were there on uh, one June. My son and my daughter were in the, in the hospital at UNC, and there was Christmas in July. I think it was June or July. There's this national organization that does it, and something that my son said really striked the spark to our advocacy work. He said, when he got the gift, he was very confused. He was like, it's July, it's not Christmas, I don't understand, like, why am I getting a gift? And they said, oh, you know, you know, we just, uh, we wanted to spread the cheer, holidays should be all the time, it shouldn't just be during Christmas. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me and he said, it's so nice that someone somewhere thought about me. They mm-hmm. don't know me, and yet they were so kind to me. And that really changed our perspective because we have a lot of holidays as well, you know, being mm-hmm. from South, from India. And so, and, and we have, uh, culturally, we give gifts and we do things. Mm-hmm. And so it was one of those things where we felt like we can use this platform to not only showcase and, 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 and advocate to the world and create mm-hmm. awareness that rare diseases do exist in the South Asian population, but mm-hmm. also that we can we can put to good use you know we can use these holidays we can we can give that extra gift to a child or a family in a Mm. hospital because people like us exist and you know it shouldn't just be about giving back to the south asian community but giving back to the community at large and so Mm -hmm. that's what really sparked our advocacy work um we also realized that um there are larger organizations that are working really hard on established goals like research and support and we felt like instead of us trying to reinvent the wheel we should just support them so we mm-hmm. do a lot of fundraisers for alex's lemonade stand um we've partnered i've done blogs for the colon cancer coalition um we we did an educational promotional um campaign for alive and kicking which is which um supports lynch syndrome which is what my husband and i have Mm-hmm. Which, because of which my children got CMMRD. So um, one of the things that we realized is that, you know, there are some great organizations already there. Mm-hmm. And and through our work, we can support what they do. So. All right. So um, that's great to hear that you guys are doing, like, all this volunteer and community service work to really, like, give back to the community for all, all it's done and um, just everything like that. Um, so how has like fostering connections and also like meeting so many new people in the rare disease space really changed your outlook through your work at like Global Genes, but also just being extremely involved with the community at large? Yeah, well, for one, um, I know we, we always hear like there's close to 7,000, 8,000 rare diseases. Mm-hmm. And the condition that my son has, he's the only one in the world that we know of with his gene, gene mutation. Um, there are about 50 odd, 250-odd people who have been diagnosed thus far that we know of, maybe more. Um, and uh, as far as we are in touch with, we know about 20 to 30 kids and young adults who are still alive with this condition. So we're a very, very small group in the billions mm-hmm. of people that are there. Um what I realized is that a lot of our stuff, the experiences, the pain points that we have are not that different, whether you mm-hmm. have this ultra rare condition with only 30 or 50 people, or if you have a more common rare disease, which itself is a misnomer, but if you have a more common rare disease like um, sickle cell, it's still very isolating. It's still very difficult. It's still very um Tough, and and some of our pain points are the same. You know, mm-hmm. when we struggle for uh, having a voice, when we struggle to 
um, make a case for us when we are trying to talk to the doctor for them to understand what it is we need or why our child is suffering. Um, when we go through the diagnostic odyssey or when we have to fight with insurance about not having coverage for a certain therapy, our mm -hmm. pain points are the same. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we travel from North Carolina to Boston for, for the ch care that my child gets. It's mm -hmm. not easy. If you're not, um, I wouldn't even say affluent, but if you're not able to afford giving care to your child state to state, you know, your pain point's the same. It doesn't matter whether you have CMMRD or you have another condition. So one of the reasons why I became much more involved with the community was because I realized that we are stronger together when we are similarities, not our differences. And so uh, my my biggest motivation to be a part of Global Genes or, or be on, an, on a larger platform was because we've done a lot of work for North Carolina um, in North Carolina, and we also go to Boston, so we do work there. But meeting advocates nationally and internationally gave me more perspective of the work that I can do um, mm -hmm. with our experience, but also with um, seeing how I can help them possibly get better at what mm -hmm. they want to do or help them go from where they are to where they want to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so what you're saying about like these connection points, I really agree with that because um, through my podcast, I interview numerous patients and I've really noticed like a lot of these patients are saying the same thing over and over again, such as like um, one thing I've really struggled with is traveling across state lines for care, um, like not being believed by my doctor, stuff like that. So I just feel like although like there's so many different rare conditions, we all really find that like connection point, as you were saying. Absolutely. All right, so um, just kind of moving into the Global Genes aspect, um, since you started working at Global Genes, um, what are some of like the new insights and perspectives you've gained or like learned along the way? My biggest learning has been about the amazing work um, that people are doing out there. You know, not everybody's in the spotlight, not everybody is, is, is always featured, but there are so many people around the world doing so many amazing things. Um, and it's, it's not about how much they have fundraised or how much they have um, gone down the clinical path or support group, but the vision, the dedication, the, the, the um, power and the strength that advocates have to you know, not give up, to keep going, to keep pushing, to bring that community together. Um, in my role here, I have seen leaders uh, blossom in every part of their journey, whether they are parents who are just starting a foundation or an organization or support group to, um, you know, who have been there for many, many years and are way ahead of the curve and have, have a drug treatment or have a trial. Mm -hmm. No matter where you are in the journey, the strength, the dedication, and the passion that you see in these advocates who are so um, excited and, and, and cheerful to lead um, is, is what has taken me the most, has, has been such an um, eye-opening and learning experience for me because it makes me feel even more that we're not isolated and that we just have to look around. And there's many folks who are silently doing some amazing things. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And, like, especially, like, one thing I've noticed is that there's, like, really something for everyone. Like, whether you want to be on a podcast, um, like, write a blog, or, like, some people even advocate through legislation. Um, like, whatever your interests are, there's, like, definitely ways you can, like, advance on your journey and advocate on your journey, which is something I really appreciate about the community um, as well. Alright, so um, at Global Genes, I know that this is a really like prominent organization in the rare disease community and a lot of people are aware of it. Um, So for patients and caregivers who are listening to the podcast today, I was just wondering what are like some of the resources Global Genes provides um, for patients to learn and both advocate for themselves? Absolutely. Oh, my God. We have so many resources. We could take up a whole hour just talking about those, which is what I love, um, because one of the one of the things I always go back to is the day I we got the diagnosis. My daughter was six months old and we had this amazing, wonderful geneticist who I love um, tell us that, you know, this is your daughter's diagnosis. There's really no cure. There's really nothing you can we can do right now. Um, she will go progressively blind. She'll be developmentally delayed. But love on her, you know, do the best you can, and she's going to be her best. And that moment of isolation, that moment of heartbreak is always something I remember because that that is what I, I, I feel like um, relate, that's my relatable moment with everyone I come across, whether mm-hmm. you're a new parent or you're an organization leader, the, the enormity of a diagnosis or, or the 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 world starts looking different when you're told that. And so I feel like that that is what connects me with the resources that Global Genes has because no matter where you are in the journey, if you're a parent, you're a caregiver, you're a young adult, you're, you're an organization leader, mm-hmm. you have no connections with rare disease other than you're fantastic at marketing or, or, or you're, you know, you're, you're, you're working in this rare disease organization and you are looking for resources. No matter where you are connected to the um, rare disease field, um, there's something uh, Global Genes has that you will benefit from. Uh, mm-hmm. My my personal per- interest right now, uh, with, you know, it always changes because there's new toolkits, there's old toolkits, and depending on what I'm working on, I always say, oh, my God, you have to check it out. But as, 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 uh, as a parent, I feel like one of the best toolkits we've come up with, and, and, and not me, but the team has come up with and has been about gene-based diagnostics, because mm-hmm. a lot of times we hear all about cell and gene medicine and CRISPR and, you know, the next cutting edge technology, but it all comes down to, do you even have a genetic diagnosis? Mm-hmm. You know, there are a lot of conditions you don't. For, for the longest time for my son's diagnostic odyssey, they did whole genome sequencing, and we did have a diagnosis, but mm-hmm. they... Didn't, they, it wasn't. It was many years ago, and it didn't capture like huge solutions and duplications. But this, there is now a book at, in Global Genes that talks about what is a genetic diagnosis. What mm-hmm. does it mean to have one? If you don't have a diagnosis, what does what does that mean? And I feel like that sort of taps into every aspect of being having rare disease. Like you may be undiagnosed, you may be diagnosed, you may be newly diagnosed, you may have a diagnosis that means nothing. Like we have a diagnosis. Our child is the only one in the world. Our life's no different, but we have a diagnosis. So Mm -hmm. uh, for me, my personal favorite is that whole series. I think it's like four or five toolkits, uh, educational booklets that they've come up with. Mm -hmm. 
Like, what is genetic testing? How to work with a genetic counselor? Um, what are the different types of genetic testing? The cost? You know, these are things that didn't exist all in one place when we had um, started our journey. And, mm-hmm. and so for anyone listening, if you have anything to do with rare diseases, whether you have a genetic diagnosis or not, I definitely would recommend you go look for it. It's on our website, and it's all free, and it's downloadable for you to read um, when you can. But it also accompanies some amazing presentations that they put together for the community Mm -hmm. uh, that has experts talking about these subjects in particular. So it's not only just a book, but it's also like video presentations that you can look at that will have additional information. So that's my personal favorite right now. Um, It also has shared decision-making, which is a very, very unique and difficult topic to talk about when it comes to rare diseases because most of, or any medical issue for that matter, because usually we as, 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 as humans and parents don't feel like we have control when we have to be in the medical system. Mm-hmm. But this book really nicely lays out how you can potentially have more collaborative work when you're in that hospital room. Mm-hmm. Um, it, is, it, it also talks about like research and therapy and, and, and clinical trials and things like that, but there are some gems out in that book that talk about collaborating with the right people and how to share your voice. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that would be my top selection of resources that we have right now. Got it. Yeah, that seems like a great resource because, like, just, like, I know it can be, like, kind of overwhelming sometimes for patients and also caregivers um, when they're just, when their um, child or, like, someone they know, like, gets diagnosed with the disease and they don't know where to start. So just kind of having, like, all this information in one place and kind of having that guidance um, and having like something that answers all their questions seems like it would really help. Um, All right, so just apart from like that resource, do you have any other resources to share with my podcast audience today, um, which is primarily comprised of patients, caregivers, and organizations? Just any other resources? Yes, yes. For patients, if you're an adult patient or a young adult patient, I would say um, learn self-care now because you still have a long way to go. Um, It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. So don't ever give up. Look for answers. Ask the the right questions. There is no wrong question. So any question you have, ask away. Reach out to the experts. Don't ever get um, frustrated or um, down when you are not given the care that you think you deserve, find that person who will care for you. So don't ever take no for an answer. Um, when it comes to caregivers, um, as a caregiver myself, it's the hardest job on earth. People never realize like caregiving, it's not like you're just caring for your child. It's not just caring for a normal child. It's a whole other level. If you're caring for your rare spouse, it's not just caring, you know, it's not the usual Mm-hmm. Um, spousal relationship, if it's a partner, it's a parent, no matter what your relationship, grandma, grandpa, aunts, uncles, if you are a caregiver, just give yourself that extra grace, give yourself that extra pat on the back that no one's going to give you, but here we are, Shivani and I are giving it to you, so please pat yourself on the back because you are doing something that's extremely hard, extremely mm-hmm. exhausting, um, is, is, is not going to get any credit for anyone, but know that you're place in 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 your rare patient's life is is absolutely vital 
and you being there is, is, is such a blessing to them. And they being in your life is just a blessing as well. And I'm sure none of us would ever want to trade our rare disease, um, well, in my case, child, um, for anything else because with all their, all of their medical stuff, they're also the sweetest people on earth for mm-hmm. me. So, um, and in terms of organization, if you haven't already, uh, my, my, of course, my plug will always be to join the Global Genes Foundation Alliance, which I manage. It's a free membership, so it will be phenomenal for you as a foundation or an organization or a support group um, to join us. It's a free membership, but through the membership, we provide a lot of tools for you to develop your support group or your organization. Um, we we believe that we. Um, we we are not we're rare disease diagnostic. We support all rare diseases, but we mm-hmm. do believe that you, as an organization that specializes in your rare disease, are the experts, and we want to do everything we can to support you. Um, we also have grants that only Foundation Alliance members can get. So if you are not a member, you should become one so you can qualify for these grants to do more work within your community. Um, we also have a lot of events that are very specific to organization leaders, um, which focus on topics that um, will benefit, will help you uh, do, be- do more for your organization and meet those goals. So all of these are free. And um, yeah, that would be my plug for patients, caregivers, and um, organizations for support groups. All right, perfect. Um, so just kind of as we end off now, I was just wondering if you have like any last words you would like to leave my listeners with today. Yeah, share your story. There's a lot of power in it. Um, it may seem daunting. It may seem like, oh, what difference is it going to make? You never know who's listening, when they're listening, where they're listening and where they are in their life um, or their journey. And uh, sharing your story not only empowers you, it empowers them. It gives you purpose, it gives you reason, um, and it validates the experiences that you're going through. So whether it's a podcast, a blog, or you go into your doctor's office and you're asking if you can train medical students, no matter um, how you choose to share your story, just know that there is a lot of value in that because you matter. This world is a better place because of you. So that will be my only message to everyone all right perfect so um i would just like to thank you so much for joining me miss krishnan and um for sharing all this wonderful information and like what global genes does what resources it provides um and all that good stuff so thank you so much for joining me today